0: Girl, hey, welcome to another bold conversations with Brandy. This is another episode. So glad that you are here. But before we get started, listen, before I introduce my guests, because we got black girl magic here. Okay. Period. I want to shout out my sponsor, which is B Anderson collection. Uh, the color that I have on today is called fierce. Our motto is live your life in color. Also, I want to shout out two more people. Uh, my nail tech, who is Gracie Escanonzo Her shop is located in Fort Worth, Texas on the south side of Fort Worth. Um, so check her out if you are in the metroplex. She always making sure my hands look pretty. Mm. And then also my girl, Akia Hill, who is the owner of Hair From Scratch uh, located in DeSoto, Texas. Um, she also ships out custom wigs or ready to ship wigs um, across the U.S. US. So don't just think just because you're not in Texas You can't order from her I usually have on my hair piece, but I don't today But don't worry, I'm going to pick up it very soon But I, you know, she is my girl She's always making sure that my hair is looking right And looking tight So we got all of that out the way Because I want to make sure that we talk, we have this good conversation That we're about to have I want to introduce my guest Her name is Marcella Gore And I just want to present her out So Marcella Gore is a wife, a mompreneur Licensed in nationally certified medical health counselor speaker educator advocate and a wellness coach with more than 20 years of experience working in the health service field serving youth adults and families she is the founder of mind your mind counseling and consulting llc where she provides therapy to individuals couples and families in the areas of trauma grief and loss depression and anxiety as a ther- as a trauma certified therapist, Ms. Gore fosters internal healing by introducing her clients to living a mindful, intentional, non-judgmental, disciplined life. Ms. Gore is passionate about educating communities of color on importance and benefits of mental wellness by offering workshops, seminars, speaking engagements and training to community organizations. Businesses, churches, and educational institutions, etc. As a part of her mission, she is moving the culture forward through mental health awareness and education to help folks cultivate healthy ways to heal, manage stress, and become their best version of themselves. Her motto is helping folks to go from surviving to thriving to soaring. Ms. Gore also is hmm. co owns Gore Wood. Work, Designs, and Decor, where she and her husband specialize in creating custom, handcrafted, one-of-a-kind gifts and decor for every occasion. Woo, honey. Yes, all the things. Marcella, welcome to Bow Conversations with Brandy. We are so glad that you are here. Thank you so much. Um, I'm excited to
1: be here. I appreciate you allowing me the space um, to talk about What we're going to be discussing today. Um, And I'm just happy to be in this room. I'm happy to be able to have this platform to share, to bring awareness to um, communities of color and just people in general. And just to go back to introduction, um, so it is mental health counselor, because I don't want anybody thinking that um, I'm in the medical field. So, mental health counselor, I'm licensed in the state of South Carolina. Um, I also provide telehealth services in the state of Florida. So that is my um, certification states. And then also with the wellness coaching, um, that is statewide. So that's throughout um, the nation. Um, I can provide that service in any state. And my services are virtual, which makes it easily accessible and affordable for people.
0: Awesome. Thank you for that additional information. And I'm glad you brought that up because you are in South Carolina. And um, also, Marcella ordered uh, two of my lipstick colors. So I appreciate the support and the support back at you. But let's get into this because we're focusing around anxiety. And when we spoke, we spoke about a lot of it. We got really revved up about talking about anxiety with um, our communities of color, um, mm-hmm. where anxiety is showing up. But because we're specifically, you know, focused on you know, motherhood, wifehood, and um, womanhood, I, I want us to talk about the anxiety that shows up within us that maybe may not always be recognizable. So how does anxiety show up?
1: Yeah, so anxiety can show up in a lot of different ways, right? And and I feel like it's one of those, um, it has these invisible symptoms because some people are so used to kind of operating under pressure and anxiety can show up and we can be struggling with anxiety and not even really realize that it's anxiety because we're so used to just operating at maybe, you know, under this certain amount of pressure or at a certain speed. So anxiety can show up like overthinking, right? In the mm. form of overthinking. Say we got something coming up and we find ourselves constantly thinking about this thing that's coming up, right? Well, what if this happens? Or what if this don't happen? And um, what if I say something wrong? Or what if I, you know, like all of these what ifs, um, that's a form of anxiety. Because what happens is is it occupies our mind. It occupies our thoughts. Um, And it makes us, you know, it can essentially allow us not to operate in our fullness because if we're caught in our head, then we can get so caught in those thoughts that when it's time to really show up, um, we can run into like mental block and that that clarity that we would normally have wouldn't be there. So overthinking is a really big part of it. Um, Uncontrollable worry is another part of it. You know, Mm -hmm. thinking about constantly worrying about things. You know, um, and that could look like maybe you got a job change coming up. Right. Or um, and in this job change, you you have these different responsibilities. You may be in a different space. So you find yourself constantly worrying about, again, the what ifs. Right. And it occupies our mind and we can find ourselves like in spaces where we're there physically. We're present, but mentally we're not. Right. And so that can turn into family time where we're physically there, but we're not there mentally or emotionally. And so what happens is, is we find ourselves in these cycles where we kind of feel like we're operating on autopilot. Right. Like I have all of these things that I do every single day, but my mind is so consumed all the time that I'm not fully present in these moments. From do
0: you, do you think that we come, uh, compartment I'm saying the word wrong, um, compartmentalize anxiety? Absolutely. <sighs> I'm Absolutely. thinking like through what you're saying. I'm just like, I wonder, I do, I do a lot of that. And I'm mm-hmm. like i wonder if i put them in categories like just put them in compartments and so i find myself on autopilot it actually reminds me of this movie with adam sandler he did uh where he um i not him click i think it was called click he oh, found himself he was on and what was happening is that he was showing him that he was on autopilot he wasn't even being present because he was so focused on his career but that's what it reminds me of it was like i wonder if we put these things in compartments and um uh, we don't even recognize it that's why it could become invisible to us
1: yeah absolutely and and a lot of that is also like conditioned right like we can be con we've lived our lives a certain way with certain thinking patterns for so long whether it be from just you know childhood experiences maybe that's what was modeled for you in your home um Or maybe it's just like, we're in survival mode, right? And we've operated from that space for so long where it's like, I'm constantly overthinking things. I'm constantly worried about things. And that's just my normal way of operation. Not really realizing like the wear and tear that it has on our mind mentally
0: and emotionally. So I've heard people talk about, you know, I've heard people tell me like, Brandy, you're overthinking. Or whenever I get into conversations, they'll respond and say, Brandy, you're overthinking. like, Or they'll just be like, you're overthinking. And I just, and I, it it triggers me. I, I'll be like, don't say that to me. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. I get very defensive because I think you're, in my mind, I think you're undermining what my thought pattern or the way that I'm thinking about something and how I view it. Mm-hmm. So I feel somewhat attacked. So let's talk a little bit about the overthinking, because I think as a mom and and um, even just as a woman, like the, 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 the amount of different roles that we have, sometimes we can find ourselves overthinking, like, where does that come
1: from? Yeah. Yeah. And it's real. So I have twin boys and my boys are five right and so um i remember with them being young like babies babies it was like so much that i had to do right bottles wipes diapers. i had to make sure i was pumping and you know like it was just a never. child listen it was like a never-ending cycle right and i was constantly in my head like i gotta make sure that this is done because i gotta have this done and well what if this and and so i definitely put a lot of pressure on myself mentally um just with trying to have a plan a b c and d right because if plan a don't work i gotta have backup well if that don't work then i gotta have back you know like i have to have these things in order and what it was doing was putting i was putting so much time into that part of it when it was time for me to be present and actually enjoy you know like these two little blessings and being present it was really hard to do that because my mind was occupied And so I think as women, because we do have so many roles and we have this never ending checklist, right? Um, That never ends. (laughs) And we have responsibilities. I think that it's important to find a balance where it's like, okay, I know I have these responsibilities to do. However, I can cut off chunks of time to do these things. I can allow time to do each thing and when, I dis- when I'm finished with it, I disconnect from that thing completely. Mm-hmm. And when I'm disconnecting from it, I mean, I'm disconnecting from it mentally, right? I'm not carrying it into my next thing. I'm not carrying it into family time or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be, or at, I'm not carrying it to work and vice versa. Like I'm not carrying work home, right? Um, and we have to be intentional about doing that because if we don't, we can find ourselves kind of shifting into that thinking about things that I need to do for work tomorrow or Girl. all of those things. And that struggle is real. That struggle is very The real. struggle
0: is so real. Like just being, you know, um, you mentioned like being an, uh, mama you know, people who are being, you know, an entrepreneur, like I, I, I just, and then I'm, you know, being a full-time employee, like, I do think about the things that I haven't wasn't able to complete stuff that I wasn't able to finish. Like, Oh my gosh, I need to be on all the time. So that is, you know, real. So when I hear the word overthink, um, it, it doesn't always bring me into a good space. Like, it's just like, no, I'm not overthinking it. Like, I'm just thinking about all the, I'm thinking of some of the possibilities or different perspectives so I can help the other person who's receiving the information. Mm -hmm. And so it's a trigger. So, um, and it just like makes me feel at times like this is me being vulnerable. This is what both conversations is. It makes me Mm -hmm. feel like that I'm less than or not Mm -hmm. smart enough. But to your point, like, I'm wondering, like, where does that come from? Because there's another woman who's probably like, oh, my gosh, I overthink, too. Or I've heard that before. And I'm the oldest. So I don't know if that has anything to play into that because I am the oldest. So I'm constantly on planning mode, making sure everybody else is okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there is a possibility that I'm overthinking something, but it's due to the fact that I have been in positions of caring for a lot of different things or a lot of different people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that definitely um, can impact it, right? Like depending on your your role in your family, um, and every family has its own culture, right? Yeah. So um, like what I was saying earlier, how things are modeled growing up, you know, like how, like our emotional intelligence, so our communication style, um, how we deal with conflicts, all of these things are modeled by our family members, like the culture of our household, right? right. So um, sometimes depending on how that look, that those behaviors can be passed on to the kids. Mm-hmm. And we can grow, you know, like we start to develop those same types of communication styles, those same types of problem solving skills. And um, as we get older, hmm that's kind of how we operate.
0: Another mm. thing
1: that can kind of trigger overthinking also is trauma.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: trauma changes the way that our brain works. It changes the way that we perceive and view the world. Yeah. So if we've been in a situation where um, we've felt a threat of harm or felt like we've been in danger, you know, then it definitely will shift our way of thinking. And that is another um way that we can kind of get Shifted into survival mode mm. and like, realize it because
0: we build up defenses to protect ourselves girl listen okay we're about to get all into my business because this i, I mean because and this is me being vulnerable in um sharing this information but you saying that just triggered so many different things i'm like oh my gosh in 2010 i experienced being stabbed mm. and um, it was by a family member. And yeah. so I think about that. And I'm like, I, I I remember like there's people today still come to me and be like, Brittany, remember this, remember that. And like those things are out of my mind. Like I don't think about that, but I had a lot. Like if I didn't, man, if you think trust wasn't an issue, child, trust, trust then just went like it just senses have been heightened and behind Mm -hmm. that, because I was just like, now I can't trust people. Like, you know, I had to gain that, like get, re, you know, kind of shift to get that power back to be like, no, I can't trust people. And just, but like, sometimes there's these walls. Yeah. And so thinking about that, you know, like you just triggered all of that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I wonder if that's part of the reason why I overthink is because of that very thing that happened to me, and so when I think about other people who probably went through their own trouble, maybe it wasn't a stabbing, um, maybe they were molested, or um, maybe they were attacked, maybe they had a car accident, you know, maybe they found out that they had, you know, a, you know, a disease or something like that. Like those are things that can trigger these defenses. Um, that make you overthink mm-hmm. and is a form of anxiety. So that was just interesting that you said that I was like, Oh my gosh, I went through that. That's so like, that's just so crazy. So for those of you who be calling me out and saying that I overthink, just know there's a reason behind it. And I'm trying to work on myself. <laughs> Listen, and,
1: and that's really all you can do. And, and I just want to pause and honor like the vulnerability like you sharing that you showing up in this space and really um like leaning into like the full experience because it takes us sharing our story and our testimonies to help encourage the next person right so um thank you for sharing that and then i also want to add to that you know we sometimes overlook emotional neglect and emotional abuse and Mm -hmm people can be traumatized when they're emotionally neglected, when they're emotionally abused as well, right? So outside of like the physical abuse and sexual abuse, we have those other two things as well. And also um, I would say like for kids growing up in a house, experiencing uh, domestic violence or witnessing domestic violence, Mm. that's another form of abuse, a trauma, right? And so... All of these things kind of shape and mold a person's way of seeing and viewing the world and whether or not they build like these defenses to protect themselves. Like, you know, a child growing up in a home where they didn't feel safe. When they grow up to be an adult and they view the world that way, like as unsafe, then of course they're going to overthink certain situations because they want to try to protect themselves and keep themselves from being hurt as much as possible versus a child who grew up in a home, didn't witness any abuse, no trauma, you know, like that brain is totally different. Those two brains are totally different.
0: Yeah, that's good. So talking about, I know we share, we're, we're talking about one of the anxieties, which is, you know, a part of it is overthinking. What are some causes mm-hmm. of anxiety in general? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And I think we, you know, we touched on some of it. Right. So definitely being exposed to some type of trauma. Um, Also, it could be just trying to find that balance, whether it's work life, um, whether it's like whatever, whatever those roles are that you have. Maybe you're a a caregiver. Mm -hmm. Right. And you have to try to find a balance in being a caregiver, plus maybe you're an older sibling. And so you have all these people you feel like you're, you know, constantly pouring into. Right. And Mm -hmm. so we find ourselves with having all of these different roles. Um, It can cause us to overthink.
0: So you also shared too, you said there are other types of anxiety and you mentioned early on that some of the anxieties are invisible. What are these other forms of anxiety that we haven't touched on? Cause I went all the way through and through <laughs> on overthink. cause I was like, oh my gosh, I've been hearing that so much. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and, and before we go into like other forms of anxiety, I, I do want to try to, um, be clear so we can have some symptoms of anxiety and not be like diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder right mm-hmm. because that is an actual mental health diagnosis mm-hmm. and so that means there are certain there's a certain number of um, symptoms you have to have and experience them a certain way to be like diagnosed with anxiety um but a lot of us can just have some of these symptoms but don't like fit full criteria for generalized anxiety disorder, right? So we have the we have the overthinking, we have that uncontrollable worry. Um, and when we're thinking about the overthinking, it's like not being able to cut our brain off, right? So our brain is constantly going. Then we have uncontrollable worry when we're talking about just constantly worrying about things. Again, our brain is going and going and going. And when we're talking about the uncontrollable worry, a lot of times it's, thinking about things that we can't really control, but consume our mind. And so we focus more on the things we can't control versus the things that we can. And we find ourselves kind of going down like a rabbit hole, staying in our head a lot about things, not really being able to come up with a resolution, but just constantly worrying about something. Um, another way that anxiety can look is nervousness. And this nervousness can happen for no reason. You just kind of feel like your own edge a lot. Um, and it can be to the point where you go out in public, you're around people, it's uncomfortable for you. You might start to feel some type of like physiological changes in your body, um, almost kind of like panic-like symptoms. So maybe your heart rate will increase or you'll get shortness of breath, um, clammy sweaty like all of these things and and really not have a reason for it but you're just like at this level you're at a 10 for on on, of nervousness and not really um have like a direct reason why right Mm -hmm. um lack of sleep um Mm -hmm. not being able to get good rest and that goes again with our brain constantly being on constantly going Mm-hmm. Whenever it's time for us to lay down and actually relax, we can't do it because we have to constantly be on the go. So those
0: are like some other ways. Girl, this a whole mom. You said, girl, listen. This is a girl. I'm like, think I'm not sitting here and I'm listening to you. I'm like, child, this somebody mama. This me. I'm like, listen.
1: <laughs> and like I said, it, it is real. It is so real. Like trying to, when we think of anxiety, it's like trying to kind of train our brain to, to just slow down, to pause, mm. to be and to be okay with that pause.
0: So how do we slow down? So how do we, you know, like thinking about it, like, okay, we, we figured out, okay, as a mom and probably as a wife, or just as a woman who may have to be a caregiver, I now have identified with some of these anxieties that you've, uh, that you, you know, mentioned so now what now i know that like what do i do to slow down my brain
1: yeah so when you were talking about um the four areas that i specialize in that i help people with in my business Mm -hmm. and it's actually the acronym as well in my business because the name of my practice is mind your mind so that last mind is the acronym for mindfulness living mindfully intentionally non-judgment non-judgmentally and disciplined. so mindfulness is this beautiful modality of therapy that i love and i've learned so much from and i've applied to my own personal life and i'm able to teach other people because it teaches you how to be in the moment it teaches you how to break away from all of those thoughts and it's these simple strategies that we have to be intentional with doing Mm -hmm. um and how it starts is is it heightens your awareness so you're checking in with your thoughts and noticing okay where i'm what am i thinking are are these thoughts serving me right now like are they distracting me right now am i fully present in this moment Mm
0: -hmm. or am
1: i in my or are my thoughts kind of taking over and so by doing simple things, well, I say simple, but they're not simple. You have to learn them and practice them and get used to them. But by implementing like little short mindfulness breaks, checking in with your thoughts, maybe doing some mindfulness, deep breathing. So there's this one breathing exercise that I love. And a lot of people sometimes take our you know breathing for, for granted because we do it every day, all day, like subconsciously, right? But when you do deep breathing and you do it correctly, it has so many benefits. You're getting more oxygen to your brain. You're able to kind of slow down your thoughts more. You're able to relax your body more. You notice, you're checking in with your body and you're noticing if you're holding tension and you're really able to connect with your body in a way that allows outside distractions to just kind of fall to the side and you really disconnect from everything that's going on around you. And just in that moment, ground yourself. And a lot of times we need that when we're shifting from one responsibility to another, we need that small little break just to give our body some attention, give our thoughts some attention and disconnect from that one task before we go into the next task. Because if not, then we can carry that task and then we keep carrying things. Um, So square breathing or box breathing is one of my go-to mindfulness breathing techniques. And it's where you're breathing in through your nose for four seconds. You're going to hold it for four seconds. You exhale through your mouth for four seconds. And then you pause for four seconds. Mm
0: -hmm. So we
1: call it a box because it's four sides, right? And it's four, inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, pause for four. And so you're doing that, and in doing that, um, when you're counting to yourself, those thoughts that can be distracting or that overthinking or that uncontrollable we're in, once you start counting, it's going to distract you from those things. Then you're also going to notice your body more. You're going to tune into yourself and notice like you may be holding some tension somewhere that you didn't really realize. So you're giving your body um, love giving your body permission to relax, giving your mind permission to just slow down in that moment. And you do that for a few cycles. And when you come out of that, you feel so good. Like, and it only takes like a few minutes, literally a few minutes to do it. And then you're ready to kind of go on to the next thing. And then if you notice yourself overthinking or you notice like your your um worry coming, then you do it again. And remind yourself in doing it, like, okay, I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah. Slow down. Like, whatever that looks like for you, whatever it is you need to tell yourself. We have to be intentional with that. We have to be intentional with giving ourselves what we need to slow our minds down and then telling ourselves that it's okay. So being okay with giving ourselves that because that can be a whole nother beast,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, being okay with it. hmm
0: So we talked about mindfulness you also said it's intentional and then there's a piece that's non-judgmental and discipline so can you talk a little bit more about that
1: absolutely so the non-judgmental part is you know it's easy for us to once we start having like this increased awareness Mm -hmm. we start noticing our thoughts more and it's easy for us to be like gosh like why judging ourselves why can't i slow my thoughts down or why do i think so much right um and start to beat ourselves up so we operate from a space of grace extending our self-grace and extending ourselves self-compassion because that is how we grow like we don't want to become aware of our thoughts and and in becoming aware of your thoughts you you know you notice the good things and you might notice some things that you don't like too much yeah right because we all have those things, right? It's like, girl, what? Why would I even think of that? Mm. Right? But it happens, you know, it happens. And so it's important that we don't judge ourselves. And, and in that sense, just being, extending ourselves grace in those moments, not being too hard on ourselves. Or even like if you're practicing mindfulness breathing and maybe it didn't work for you or it didn't go as well as you needed it to, don't judge yourself. Just try it again, right? It's, I tell everybody, like, building a mindfulness muscle is just like working out at the gym say we try to you know we're trying to get our glutes right for the summer right like you gotta work you gotta work them out and you can't work out one day and if it you don't see no results the next day it's like oh i'm quitting no you got to be consistent with it right Mm -hmm. and that's where the discipline part come in um
0: you have to be consistent yeah yeah when i think about um, it was something that my pastor said this Sunday too. He was talking about the discipline part, like you're not gonna just go to the gym and then uh think that you're gonna get the results of the things that you desire in one set. Like you gotta be consistent. And he was applying it to being consistent with the word. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta be consistent on showing up. So what are some strategies? You know, like we're thinking about, you know, the mindfulness. some of the practices that you provided, being intentional about how you're being present. And then also not judging yourself for the thoughts that do come across your mind, because now you're slowing down your mind. Um, You're giving your body permission to relax and um, to really be in tune with itself. Mm -hmm. And you're being disciplined in these practices. So what are some strategies that we need to consider, you know, being a mom, like a lot of the things that you said, um, resonates with me. And I'm sure a lot of other moms, um, uh, when, when they, um, as they're watching us, that they'll be like, oh my gosh, that's me. Like I'm doing that. So what are you doing to help women like be successful yeah. on managing it? Cause the anxiety is going to be there, mm-hmm. but like, how are you helping us to get better on how we manage these things
1: yeah so and and i will say right being a mom being a parent in general whether you're a single mom or a single dad, like it's a lot to manage um so if someone's watching this and they're like yeah okay well i i checked the box for this 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 and this you know it's it's not we're doing this from a non-judgmental space right and it's about learning um knowledge is power right like if we know then we're able to learn more so that we can make changes if we need to and it's all about becoming the best version of yourself so that you can show up the best version of yourself
0: mm-hmm. for your
1: family for your community um for whatever that for whoever that looks like for you in your life right so if somebody's watching this and this resonates with them take it with grace right we're doing this from a non-judgmental space and it's about growing growing in grace okay so some of the things that i like to teach people is we're going to increase your awareness so we need to do that by being intentional with checking in with yourself Mm -hmm. every morning when you wake up allow yourself space and ask yourself okay on a scale of one to ten with ten being at the high, the highest end. And one being like, I'm cool. I'm, I'm, I'm cool as a cucumber. I'm good. Where? How am I feeling right now? Right? Like, am I feeling anything in my body? Do Am I feeling um, any tension? Am I in my thoughts? Like, are my thoughts all over the place? Am I feeling overwhelmed? Like, how am I feeling right now in this moment? Because we have to be intentional about setting our intention for that day. And if we get up And we hit the ground running and we don't allow ourselves that space to check in and notice where we're at on our scale we can start operating at a 10 not really realizing that and that's going to impact our day it's going to impact how we show up now if we allow ourselves that space to check in and we're at a 10 and it's like okay let me ask myself what do i need to give myself to bring me down a little bit because i don't want to start my day at a 10 right so does that mean i need to put on one of my pick me up songs or a good playlist? Does that mean I need to meditate or pray a little bit longer about specific things that may be um consuming my mind right now? Mm-hmm. Does that mean I need to eat my favorite snack? Do that need do does that mean I need to maybe take a walk outside? Like what does that mean? Right? Um, and when we're talking about giving ourselves what we need, everybody's different. Everybody mm-hmm. to everybody's go-to list is different but we definitely need to make sure we have a list of at least three things that we can go to that kind of takes us to our happy place in our mind something that can bring us from that 10 down at least two or three notches so we're not operating from here for the majority of our day um so one checking in with yourself in the mornings right being intentional two coming up with a list of things and this is a personal thing so Whatever that looks like for you that can kind of help get you in your zone, that can help pump you up for your day. Um, Maybe it's gratitude journaling. That's a really good one. Sometimes just taking time to um, notice the things that are going good can absolutely distract the things that might not be going well, right? So thinking about what your three things are. Um, personally, one of my go-tos is physical activity and prayer. Um, Like I I start my day out in prayer and I have to have me some physical activity just because I get a little brain boost. Whenever we move around, vitamin D from the sun helps us. Um, Our brain will start to, you know, we get our heart rate up a a certain amount, then our brain will start to produce our happy chemicals. So we, you know, it gives us a mood boost. So mm. that's two of my go-to's on how I start my day. And when I don't, I notice it. I can tell a difference. Mm. Um, so come up with you a list of things. And like I said, everybody' list is different. Some people's maybe coffee, tea, like whatever that looks like.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and do your check in. Give yourself what you need. And then I would say midday, do another check in. Notice where you are. Like 12 or 1 o'clock, like, man, am, where am I at on that scale of 1 to 10? If you need to take a break and step away, be okay with doing that and giving yourself what you need in that moment. it only take a few minutes, right? It's like a quick midday reset. So those are two ways that you can kind of increase your awareness and, and in turn, give yourself what you need. And then I would say the most important is developing a self-care routine. And when I say a self-care routine, um I'm talking like not just, you know, getting our nails and our hair done because we all love to be beautiful, right? Yeah. But I'm talking about ways that you can pour into yourself daily.
0: Yeah.
1: That helps to fill your cup. I'm talking about like restorative things right? And this doesn't have to be long. You know, it may, may maybe your, your schedule only allows you 10 or 15 minutes. Well, you know what? Take that 10 or 15 minutes and do whatever it is that you want to do, whether it's listening to an audiobook, watching some of your favorite show. Um, maybe it's just sitting in the quiet with a nice candle burning, right? Like whatever that is, make sure it's something that you do intentionally. And make it a non-negotiable you know we have these um calendars you know we kind of operate off our our calendars on our phones where we schedule our things in right yeah i have my self-care scheduled in and it doesn't change it's a reoccurring thing and i want all moms to you know i invite all moms to just kind of think about the idea of scheduling them at least 20 minutes of self-care a day where you step away from your kids, you step away from your partner, away from all the responsibilities, mm-hmm. and give yourself whatever it is you need in those 20 minutes. Um, and you will notice a world of difference in your mood, in your energy, and all of the
0: things. Yeah, that's um I <laughs> girl, I'm glad you mentioned that because I don't, there, I, you know, I heard somebody say, like, make them as uh, appointments. You would make sure that you would show up 10 to 15 minutes. I mean, some of us, we show up like five minutes before, but you show up to the appointment and, uh, because, you know, it's important to whatever it is, you know, like if you're going to the OBGYN, um, you're going for a maternal appointment, um, you're going for, you know, other regular check-ins. We do that on a regular to take care of our bodies. Like, I guess sometimes we don't prioritize our mind or our internal health opposed to the physical health of things. So making self-care is more of a it's a mental health check-in appointment or something of that regard. Like, I don't know if I'm trying to give it a catchy name. Cause I feel like self-care is being overutilized. Like it's, mm-hmm. and it, it does have, um, um, tie it to like, go get your nails done, go get your toes. done. I'm not saying that's for everybody. That's just a general statement, but you hear that a lot. And it's just like, well, it's so much more than that, Mm -hmm. especially for a mom. Like, yeah, that's nice. And there's some women that I've encountered that's just like, I don't like going to go get my nails done. Mm -hmm. I don't like going to go all that beauty stuff that y'all like. I don't like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't like getting all that stuff on my nails. That's too much. And so self-care is not always that. So, you know, for someone who doesn't do those things, there's other things that they want to consider of like, what does self-care look like for me? You mm-hmm. know, is it taking a walk or stepping away from the kids Um, and not meaning stepping away from the kids, like going to work because you're still dealing with people. Yep. So it's like stepping away, like stepping away from little people and stepping away from people in general, stepping away from your job, you know, things like that. And so I, I can resonate with all of that because mm-hmm. um, I do find myself in that um, in that trap of, I don't do that. So sometimes I feel exhausted Mm -hmm. mentally. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and needing, uh, a brain break. And sometimes my brain break is like, I just want to watch my own TV show and I don't want to be interrupted. Like, leave me alone.
1: Listen, I will take me a a Married to Medicine episode or a real housewives of Potomac episode. And 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 just to do that and not have any distractions and just be able to just watch that show and Kiki and Kaka drink my water. Like
0: that's that's my disconnection sometimes, you know. So I know that we um so I'm gonna kind of move us in a different direction, but I know we talked about um your specialty is Um, we talked about it early on and when I mentioned early on, like we, we, we consulted and talked in before the show, but, um, I know you said your focus is women of color. Um, can you talk about like the anxieties that show up for women of color? Is it any different compared to our, um, other counterparts and what, you know, because our makeup is a little bit different, like what are we not considering? for us Mm
1: -hmm. yeah what comes up for me when you say that is um you know sometimes it can be i feel like difficult in the in the profession in any profession showing up our authentic selves Mm -hmm. right um and what that looks like is maybe because there's this whole Thing where it's like, okay, angry black woman or too loud or just too much in general. Right. And I think that, um, sometimes we don't always operate in our fullness mm. when we're in certain situations and it can be some anxiety around that, right. Like mm. some overthinking, well, am I doing too much? Am I going to be judged? You know? Um, and then there's worry uh, associated with that. And so, that alone i think makes our experience a lot different from others um just that idea of Mm -hmm. trying to be our authentic selves without being judged i think definitely can add anxiety um i know years ago and this is like years ago i really struggled with being in certain spaces because i found myself in spaces, especially in the mental health profession, there's yeah. not a lot of people of color. Um yeah. and so they're starting, we're starting to evolve a lot though. We're we're getting more and more. Um, but I've been in spaces where I was the only African-American woman mm-hmm. and feeling like, okay, can I truly You know show up my true authentic self with my big personality with my big bright jewelry um with my loud voice and not be misunderstood
0: yeah
1: right um or judged because of that and i think Mm -hmm. sometimes we can find ourselves our women can find ourselves in spaces where that can trigger like some uncontrollable worry or some overthinking
0: yeah absolutely
1: imposter syndrome
0: yeah yeah. Ooh, that's another one. Oh my gosh! I don't think we have enough time to even touch on that one because that one is real, mm-hmm. uh, especially where uh, you know working in corporate America and um, also just you know outside in my own business, like. Feeling, feeling like, like, oh my gosh, like it's not like that. It's not like this other person. But what I'm finding is that a lot of that derives from not valuing you as an individual, um, understanding your value and who you are, and we can get out of being an imposter of somebody else because that's not who God created you to be. Mm. He created you to be uniquely you because there is an audience that needs to see you. And see your gifts because they're struggling on even being acceptance into their own gifts. So, you know, I encourage the woman when it comes to imposter syndrome, like, and I'm not saying that I'm any type of therapist or any type of counselor or advising that this is the be all solution, Mm -hmm. but what I'm recognizing for me is that it derived from value, Mm-hmm. And how I and, and valuing Brandy, like I'm in a relationship with me all the time. I'm with me, me, all the time. So I need to look at me and look at all the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and accept me and accept the evolve me and value the 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 great things that I do. And I think what happens is that in that cases, is, is that I think sometimes the reason, and this is my story, is that the reason why that we're not always accepting of ourselves or for me in particular is because we've heard so many no's. So because mm-hmm. we've heard the no's or the, or we felt the rejections, we thought like where our thing that God created us for is being rejected. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. it's not,
0: it's not accepted. And so, um, I know we don't have a lot of time to talk about that, but there is something in particular that you wanted to show us. And I know we kind of talked about it a little (laughs) bit. Um, I know you want to share some information with us that I think will be helpful for all of us as we um, continue to grow and evolve and continue to show ourselves um, and show up as ourselves in any capacity. Yes. So I am going to share and I'm going to shift it. Mm-hmm. And right now we're um, showing on screen um, for those of you who are listening. Um, it is a uh, representation. And at the top, it says out of my control and what's in my control. And so um, take us through this, Marcella, a bit. Yeah. So when we're
1: talking about like the uncontrollable worry that we can sometimes experience, Um, a lot of times it's important for us to remind ourselves of the things and situations that we can control versus the things that we can't. Because those things that we can't control are the things that can consume our thoughts the most, right? And so this tool is called our circle of control. And if you notice in that middle circle, the blue circle, it says in my control. And those are all of the things that no matter what situation you're presented with, you have control over. So your words, your mindset, um, being present in the moment, how you spend your free time, the boundaries that you set, um, how you move on from failure, what you give your energy to, all of those are things that you have control over at all times, how you speak to yourself. You have control over those things, um, those things that can that can consume our thoughts. The most are those things that are out of our control. And a lot of times it could be people's actions, other people's actions. It could be the opinions of others, um, other people's boundaries, past mistakes. Um, That's a big one. You know, We can really get caught up on overthinking about our past. Maybe we didn't make the decisions that we would have wanted and we didn't get the results that we wanted. And we can get really caught up on thinking about that versus trying to focus more so on how to move on from that, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: The outcomes of of our efforts, what others think of you, all of those are the things that we can't control. Those are the things that have the power to consume our thoughts and keep us in this space where we're kind of feeling like we're turning a wheel because you really can't find a a resolution for it. Um, However, it can keep our minds occupied. So whenever you notice yourself in a situation... You notice the overthinking or the constant worry. Remind yourself of your circle of control. What can I control in this moment? Mm. What can I control in this moment? And it's always things related to yourself. So I invite you all to take these things into consideration when the next time you find yourself faced with any type of um, situation where maybe you're worried a lot or maybe um you're overthinking or whatever the case may be remind yourself okay i can i can only control these things yeah. and then give yourself permission to let go of the things that you can't control
0: yeah i think the a lot um and it's i'm glad that you're showing this and sharing this um information um it's going to be it's super helpful and i attended another workshop um um, here at work and, um, it was talk. it was talking about happiness and a part of it was a part of this exercise was, you you know, writing down what you can control and what you can, you know, cannot control. They didn't get into the science of like the anxiety and the things like that, but, this was an exercise that they, they did mention. And I thought it's super helpful and very familiar to, you know, constantly writing those things down. Um, And I think it's important, but I think about how important this is as a, a mom and a parent. What can I control? What's in my control? Because I think I've, I found myself as a mom that I I I'm spinning my wheels of the things that um I can't that's out of my control. And I don't know why I'm getting a little emotional because I think about my oldest child. Like there's different things or different decisions that she's making that's really out of my control. Mm-hmm. My control is that I raised her. I I poured into her, gave her the tools that she's she needed, and shout out to her. She's amazing. She's mm-hmm. always um, making sure that she's reminding me of how amazing mom I am. And for the mom who's listening, you're an amazing mom. And Marcella, you're an amazing mom. Thank you. Um, and um, But there, 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 there are certain things that are just out of your control. And there's things that you can control. But what I am reminded of this thing is the things that you are, that's out of your control. God asks us to cast our cares unto him hmm. So the things that don't that that we don't have control of, how, how do we lend those into prayer and say, you know, God, I don't know how this thing is going to work out. I don't know what motherhood looks like for me. I don't know what wifehood looks like for me. I I am a single woman and I don't know what this looks like for me. But what I do know is that you are the creator of my life. And so where I encourage somebody like where you do find yourself out of control, not to say that you don't get the respected tools and get a therapist or counselor or mental wellness coach and the things that you need, but also that um, we give it up to our creator, the one who's created you, that he he didn't design you to be so stressful and to have that much worry, that we do cast that onto him and release it. Cause there's nothing you can do about it. Um, all you're doing is spinning your wheels, thinking about it and constantly rehearsing the pain or what the other person could be doing or the opinion of what other people think. Like what's your, the, the control that you have is what's the opinion about you. What do you think about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think this is really important is spending time. Um, there's white taking a blank piece of white paper and put in a circle in the middle of it and write in in my control and at the top of it out of my control and out of the outer circle you know write the things that are out of your control and the things that you can control and you probably do it backwards what's in control first and what's out of control mm-hmm. So thank you, Marcella, for sharing this. Marcella, if anybody wanted to book you or wanted to get in contact with you or um, is there anything that, a a service that you're providing that people can access to today, um, do you mind sharing that with us?
1: Sure, sure. Um, So you can find me, uh, my website is mindyourmindllc.org, M-I-N-D um, at sorry, your M-I-N-D, LLC at dot org. Excuse me. Um, you can also find me on Facebook. My business page is mind your mind counseling and consultant LLC. Um, and then also email mindyourmind llc at gmail.com. And you can also reach me via phone at 843 843- um, so I provide mental health counseling, wellness coaching, um, counseling is for the state of South Carolina, telehealth for Florida and mental wellness coaching is for any state in the United States. Um, and yeah, I also do workshops, um, speaking engagements, educational seminars. Um, those are available virtual or in person. So you can just reach me at any of those um, context and we can get started.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you Marcella. Thank you for all of your input. Thank you for helping us recognize anxiety, the different forms of the invisible and, uh, anxiety, and also figuring, uh, you know, having tips and tricks and strategies that we can now implement and put in place um, to be more mindful, intentional, non-judgmental, and disciplined in our lives. So, thank you so much, and thank y'all for watching. And catch us in our uh, on my next episode. Bold conversations would be and. Thank you so much for being a part of this tribe in the audience. Y'all have a great night and we'll talk to you soon. Bye now.